Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast, a place where we focus on the business side of art to help you attract more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creativity and financial freedom. I'm your host, Andrea Earhart, and this week's episode features Patricia Hannigan, or PJ, of Mural Nomad. She's a Polish muralist traveling around Australia with the goal of creating 100 murals in 100 weeks. Do I have your attention now? How cool is that? (laughs) She's living the travel adventure life that some of us, including myself, have at one point at least considered, but maybe you've never thought was possible. But PJ gives us a front seat view on what it's like being a working muralist living out of a van. To some, it might look like she's living this carefree hippie adventure, but in reality, she's making a great living charging a lot for murals while building up her portfolio and brand with murals from all over Australia. My biggest takeaway from this interview was how much importance PJ places on outreach to build her portfolio. She doesn't wait for people to find her. She goes to them. She makes herself seen. Literally, she drives her van to different locations to all over Australia to meet these customers. But more importantly, she does the things like posting in the local Facebook groups, like the very specifically local Facebook groups, like the, the small communities within the suburbs, you know, reaching out to local artists in every area to make sure she's not stepping on toes, but also connect with them and you know, networking with local business, like the local welcome centers that most towns have, or at least a decent sized town, but in order to hopefully get connected with another job in each area if she's going to meet her 100 goal. She's open about pricing and all the strategies that come with it and how she comes up with her pricing, including how she went from charging $200 per mural to her latest project of $65,000 for a mural. PJ is currently on mural number 59 of her 100 goal. So go give her a follow at Mural Nomad on Instagram to cheer her on in crushing her goal within the next year. And let me know what you think about this week's episode with Mural Nomad, Patricia Hannigan. Hello, I am joined here with Patricia Hannigan. She is Mural Nomad on Instagram, and we're going to call her PJ today because that's a little bit hard for me to say the name, (laughs) but I'm so excited that you're joining us to talk about my favorite topic, which is murals, and you're very open about your pricing and how much you're making, which I love to hear. So we're going to be talking about how you're getting jobs and how your pricing go went from getting $200 for a mural to in just two years charging now your latest one, your highest dollar one is 60 grand for one mural, which is inspiring. But so how did you get to where you are now? Take me way back, walk me through how you're a travel nomad with the van and all things and your whole story. (laughs) I think your whole story in 10 minutes. (laughs) Okay. It's a long story, but so I was born in Poland. I grew up in Italy where I attended a very public, low-key art school, high school, that kind of got me painting constantly for my teenager years. Then my family fell apart. I moved to Australia by myself at 19. And I was always painting canvases like as a hobby, I suppose, but I had to study and work a lot to be able to afford to study in Australia. And I kind of wanted to keep the art alive, but 
it was hard to justify the cost of canvases and seeing the canvases piling up behind the couch. And I started teaching painting classes for a little while. And around the same time, I was working full time in corporate, pretty much doing business in sales for a IT company. I was quite bored at work and I painted my, what was my first mural without knowing that I was painting a mural. I just decorated a room. And shortly after that, my hairdresser asked me to paint a room in her daughter's bedroom. And that was technically my second mural ever. But once again, I had no idea that people do that for a living. I didn't know that that could be a job. Until then, a friend of mine asked me to do another bedroom. And then I had kind of a you know two-picture portfolio for nurseries. And during COVID, I lost my job. And I kind of reconnected a lot with my art. I was with my husband at the time we weren't married and he was really supportive of me, you know, doing commission paintings and not rushing into another corporate job anytime soon. And yeah, I decided to put together a two picture portfolio of nurseries and ask in my Facebook group, like the neighborhood Facebook group, if someone wants it for money, <laughs> like, you know, I was like, I'll give it a go. Worst case scenario, nobody contacts me, you know, and I got my very first fully paid mural. I think I actually rewatched some videos of me talking about it yesterday. I charged $450 for it. So that was the first fully paid mural I ever did. And it was just two white flowers on a very, very pink room that wasn't supposed to be pink. But when I rocked up at the job that day, the lady decided last minute to change the color of the whole room to this offensive Barbie pink. So I had to like change the whole color of the flowers to adapt. It was a bit stressful of the first mural, but it worked. It gave me a feeling that if I do even just one of those a week, it's quite a bit of money. And yeah, I already had a little bit of a following because of my painting classes. So as soon as I posted that, things started snowballing and I kind of quit the job I had at the time, which was I ended up working part time for a doctor. I ended up in that role because of my art client. He knew I was good at office stuff. So he asked me if I could help his dad. But I ended up quitting after three months because I went full time with murals in about three months from that first paid job. And then I painted a lot. I learned how to spray can. I found a very nice mentor in Brisbane that showed me how to spray, uh, how to use spray cans. And my husband and I were already planning to hit the road in a converted van, but the murals paid for it much faster than I expected. So we hit the road, yeah, so much quicker because of it. And um, I didn't think I'm going to paint once we hit the road because Australia can be fairly remote. Like we have some major cities like, you know, Brisbane, Sydney and so uh, and other ones, but there is some towns in between. But I thought nobody would need a mural outside of a big city. I thought it was a trend picking up only in cool places. <laughs> and I still packed my painting brushes and my leftover paint because I didn't know what to do with it. We got rid of everything. We went fully minimalistic. And when we hit our first town on our trip, I did the same thing. I advertised on Facebook thinking I'm going to get at least some free walls. So I was like, hey, muralist, I'm traveling. I have some spare materials. 
Does anyone have a canvas I can use for my own? Paint whatever I want and you'll have a free mural. And instead I got like five people contacting me being like, no, come work for me. I'll pay you. So like our first week on the road, I painted eight murals. Some of them were little, but it was like I was painting every day and we made a lot of money. I think the first week was like 10 grand alone. That made us realize like, wow, okay, we can maybe commit to the full lap of Australia because we weren't sure how far we're going to go straight away. But yeah, it was pretty cool. And I rebranded to Mural Nomad a little while after that. That's so awesome. That's so cool that you have Was that ten minutes? Travel buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so cool that you have a travel buddy with you. I bet that helps. I've done a lot of traveling and with friends and solo, but that would be so fun to do that whole experience with your husband. That's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, he can be very useful. Painting walls can be very stressful if you've never done that before though and he has a wonderful business himself he he teaches children how to juggle and do circus activities so he's been doing that on the road yeah we're both very creative and yeah originally we thought that would be the way we sustain ourselves on the road by running these activities on school holidays in different towns so he's very passionate about taking these incursions to towns that are not as lucky because they don't get, yeah, like cool groups coming out to them and running nice activities. So he still does that a lot. But when I paint murals, he he helps now. He's very good at, at doing all the prep and the base colors. He's the one using mostly like the spray gun because it gets very heavy. But I am extra lucky. He is qualified for driving trucks and height access. So he's also my machine operator and safety and height access manager on my biggest jobs. So I don't have to pay anyone to operate like big scissor lifts or knuckle booms because he is actually overqualified for them. So that's part of the reason I got this very big job. It wasn't easy, but I had to reassure them that I have a very qualified team and my husband's qualifications really helped. That's awesome. It sounds like you guys are such a good team. And I think you see people going at it alone, artists, and it's it's not impossible, but I think it's just harder when you have to figure things out on your own. But if you have a team member like your husband, my husband is also very, he has his own strengths and sales and whatnot. And we double teamed this mural meetup that we just had and he was doing all the things that I couldn't do and entertaining and all that. But it's just so cool to see teams working together. And it sounds like you guys have a really fun, fun team. So you went from, oh, actually one question. So whenever you're posting in these Facebook groups, I found that I have a lot more success in Facebook groups and my students have a lot more success when it's a more of a small town Facebook group rather than a large city like New York City or Brooklyn or around there. If they have a small town, that's it, they just had more success with them. Is that what you found or what, what are your results with the Facebook groups? Yeah, definitely. I've try them all obviously a lot of them don't allow you even posting so you have to always read the rules as well and I find that some small towns actually can be a bit funny to people that are not from there so if you try if you're just traveling through and you want to advertise your business they're going to be like no your business has to be here and I'm like oh okay well whatever but what I started doing in big cities which is what I was doing in Brisbane before I hit the road I would find Facebook groups of single suburbs 
So you break it down in suburbs and you go like one at a time. Yeah. And you can like rotate them forever in a big city. So that's how I started because the group I posted on was probably like the place I was living at the time. It was 20 minutes from the city center. So for Brisbane, that's a little bit further out. And I don't know how many thousand people there were in that group, but the group's name was just Algesta, which is the the suburb name. So I think it was called Algester Happenings or something like that. And they allowed me to post in it because I was local. But there are different type of groups that you can try. Like I even post on the buy, swap, sell pages because they always allow you to, to sell. But you have to fill out the form as if you're selling a product. You just call it murals and you have like a maximum of, I think, 10 images that you can attach. And in the pricing, I just write like one, two, three, four. And then in the description, I write that, you know, I'll give out quotes if they contact me. Yeah, so Facebook groups are great, but you have to, I feel like once you find five or 10, they're good. You can keep them on rotation. It might take a moment there. Okay, what are you posting in those groups exactly? Uh, I have many different scripts, but I came down to like a very strict, protocol that saves me time and cuts out time wasters. So I kind of always say, hey, um, professional mural artist here, like, do you want a well-painted custom mural, long-lasting custom mural? And then I kind of say, sometimes I say the type of places I like decorating. So I try to manifest the mural I want. Like when I wanted to paint near a poolside, I was like, I paint poolsides. I didn't have any in my portfolio, but I got one just by saying that. Someone's like, oh yeah, I have a you know, nice wall near my pool. You can come and paint it. But I also say, I make sure that I always say my minimum pricing or some sort of price reference, because if you do that, you cut out people that think it's going to only cost a couple hundred dollars. So I would say minimal booking is 1200 or I would say prices start at, you know, $200 per square meter. We work in square meters here. I don't know if this is going to be an issue for the listeners. I don't know <laughs> your your meterage. Yeah, so I try to make that a must because if I don't write that, people sometimes even think that I do it for free because they just, I, these days I write, you know, I'm mural nomad. I'm on a mission to paint 100 murals around Australia. I'm at this number. And they just think that I'm doing it for myself just to paint 100 that people don't pay me. And I'm like, no, 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 these are, these are fully paid murals. <laughs> like you have to, you have to pay to be part of my 100 mural project. So yeah, I think it's important to put a money reference in it. And then I usually write that I have a favorite way to be contacted, which is via contact form on my website. And I find that very important too, because it kind of weeds out people that are not good listeners. Because if someone then contacts me via contact form, I know that they read it, all my spill and they've seen my website and they're really committed. It's like they really want a mural. So they're usually the ones that I respond to first. And then I go through the guys that message me left, right and center on all of my other social media platforms because that's what happens too but I try to have them all like sent to the same inbox because sometimes I will get like between 30 and 40 like leads out of one single Facebook post they can escalate very quickly if you make them shareable sometimes people share them for you and that can get out of hand in no time when I got to Tasmania I posted 
one, it took me three minutes. It was the fastest Facebook post ever. Like I literally just posted I was arriving and I'm looking for some walls to paint. And I share that in the north of Tasmania, like in a group called Finding Jobs Tasmania, I think. And the people in it reshared it over 67 times within like the first 10 hours of that post being live. And I was getting contacted from all over Tasmania. And it was logistically a nightmare. I love posting in towns groups because you know exactly where you're advertising. Whereas that one kind of spread like wildfire and it was good. I, I got so much work, but it took, because I wasn't familiar with the island yet, it took me a very long time to check out where those walls were and kind of make a short list, if that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That seems like a good problem to have though. Having a bunch of people reach out <laughs> yeah. to wanting murals. Like, but yeah, it is true. You have to weed through a lot of them. And even now some people will reach out and I'll tell them the price or whatnot, and it just doesn't go through. And so having to do that over and over and over again with people who think you're doing free murals, because it is kind of a, I hope you use the right word, but like, it is kind of like a fun hippie type of thing that you're doing, but in the best way, right? That like you're like going yeah. around and you're being a travel artist and people think of that as like, oh, that's a fun job. So there's no way you could get paid for that. <laughs> and they're like, oh no, no, I am. I get, I get paid to color yeah. on walls all over Australia. They're <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and that it seems more of like a dream fun thing than it is a actual money-making venture. But okay, so you're posting in Facebook groups. Is that how, that's how you've been getting jobs everywhere? So I, I like, first off, how you're doing this and have you ever reached out to the business or somebody personally? So say you're going to the next spot and you find a business there. Do you reach out to them via Instagram or in or email or do you send pitches like that? Or does it all come from Facebook groups? No, I do many different ways of outreach. I found like at the beginning when I started, I was trying a bit of everything, cold emailing, messaging on business pages, both Facebook and Instagram. And also walk-ins and networking. Like, it might sound funny, but we, when I started living in the van and really embracing the fact that I was a full-time artist and a traveler, like, I dress the past, I'm constantly covering paint. I have only, you know, two buckets of clothes and literally 80% of them are painting clothes because I paint all the time. So we have a bit of a um, structure when we arrive to a new town. You know, we go to the local info center. We introduce ourselves. We ask maybe for the contact to the council. We ask if there are some street art to see. So they show us the map and kind of show us where to go and see it. I love to reach out to local artists. I try to do it everywhere I go. Just kind of to have an idea, like how many of them there are out there, if I'm going to be an issue to them. Like I try to be quite respectful and I also like tend to give them the leftover jobs so I like to connect because I know I'm going to get more work than I can handle and if they are you know good enough to like be able to take my clients on like style wise and then I'm very happy to just give them the leads so we do that then we do eat out quite a lot so going to the local pub and meet you know the locals and then you start saying that you're an artist my husband is very good at introducing me like I will leave him alone two seconds I'll come back and he's sitting at the biggest table being like oh that's my wife the artist and I'm like oh god <laughs> and so yeah so we do a lot of that and I was messaging 
businesses only when I either see that they have a very good wall. I can't help myself. I feel like I have that vision now when I'm traveling. I'm not seeing like the pretty things. I only see empty walls. It's like a very specific filtered vision. Like I'm like, oh, ooh, that was good. That was good. So when we have our walks with the dog, I usually like, oh, can you wait a second? I'm going to pop in, say hi and see if they want a mural. So I do that. I got a couple of murals like that. I feel like it's contagious. And even if they might not want the wall or if sometimes, you know, they don't own it. So they're like, oh, I wish, but we will get in trouble if we painted. But then you leave a business card. And like I had this one time, this lady called me and she was like, hey, you came to my shop yesterday. Look, I didn't want a mural, but Janet from the bakery just told me that she might want one. Do you want to pop in and say hi to her? And I was like, yeah, I'll go see your friend. So especially in small towns, like if you start talking to a couple of locals, they will spread the word that there is an opportunity in town because they look after each other. How long yeah, so these are probably my favorite yeah. methods. Depends on how much we like it and how much work I get. I like getting overbooked like I, I I like having a lot of opportunities so sometimes I would try to limit myself to two and it quite often doubles to four so that means like staying a month in in some places we stayed a month when we thought we just we would just stop a week so that's probably the most we stayed and that was in four four different locations yeah we've been on the road for a year now Very cool. So what I'm hearing out of this, I'm like, you're basically going to a new location and starting over every single time and getting jobs. So this is, Um, no? I would potentially like, if I know that the location is going to be good, like there are so many beautiful places in Australia. So if I know I want to stay intentionally in a location longer, or if I know there are some cool experiences that are going to be like expensive, but I want to do them, I would do the Facebook outreach beforehand just Mm. to see just to see how keen they are so usually I would arrive to a town and I'm already fully booked if that doesn't happen or if I find a town that is cooler than I expected then I'll do these older things but usually I try to have already at least one job booked before I even arrive in that state sometime just to feel like financially secure traveling is very expensive (laughs) Yeah, do you the stay distances in, in Australia are massive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are fully uh, off grid, so we have a shower, we have a very large bed. It's almost like a king size bed, and a full kitchen, and our dog is in it. Yeah, I really like having like staying in a van. A lot of clients give me accommodation or offer me accommodation, but we find it quite not practical. Like we have to move all our stuff into like the room or whatever and then move it back. And our mattress is so comfortable. We invested big money on like a good mattress. So we miss our bed if we don't sleep in it. So yeah, we stay in our van, but thanks to my clients, most of the time we park either on their properties or in front of their house for free. So at least we don't spend too much money in like caravan parks or anything like that. Nice. And I imagine gas is quite a bit of a cost since you're driving so far. How far do you usually drive between sites? (laughs) So Australia is really, really wide. It's wider than Europe. And just to give you an example, I literally two, three weeks ago, we came back from the East Coast to the West Coast. And that took us a little 
less than two weeks, we kind of powered through it and costed us about over two thousand dollars in diesel. Yeah, it was, but that that was extreme. I came back here because I'm doing this large project. So you know, for for a big project like that, I'll travel across the country. But normally we would just go stop by stop. So th- there are some big gaps, unfortunately. Like at the very north uh, top of Australia, there is a city called Darwin. But to get to Darwin, you drive in the middle of the desert for like two days before you get to anything. There are maybe Whoa. like some roadhouses, but they can be like three, four hours apart. Yeah, so it can get very isolating in some locations, but then when you get to the little town, they're very quirky or, yeah, there, there's a lot of special places here. And then some of them like are very beautiful. So the next stop from Darwin was Broome, and I think they are... Ugh, I don't want to lie here, but they are over 10 hours apart, well over 10 hours apart. And we stayed in Broome another month because we really loved it. Like coastline is incredible there. But then again, from Broome to the next stop was another like 14 hours. So that was probably the biggest distances in that part, like the northwest part of Australia was the most remote. But everywhere else is a bit better. So I would travel only a couple of hours to change fully location. What a fun adventure you guys are on. This is so <laughs> cool. I would, do you have an end in sight or are you just going to keep going for years and years or what's the, what's the future? No, no. So I'm trying to be realistic about this. I'm trying to aim for like a hundred murals in roughly a hundred weeks just to give it a realistic end and still have like a, a cool timeline about it that is still going to be like respected you know like 100 murals in 100 weeks it's a lot of work and I'm on track so I painted what I think 58 or 59 so far and just in over a year so a year is like 52 weeks so I'm right there now but because my next project is actually it's not one mural it's two it's two water tanks so I'm counting them only as a two murals but it's going to take me four weeks so then I'm going to have to play wow. catch up. I don't know, it's fun. It keeps me busy. It keeps me not slacking, you know, because it's easy to get comfortable to be like, oh, yeah, I made enough money to don't paint for a month. But this way I'm like, no, I have to paint every week. <laughs> so it's good. I think oh, another so year on the road. Yeah. You inspire me to want to set my own goal of some sort because I don't know what it would be, but I've been thinking in the back of my head what I could set a goal for of per week or per something a day Mm. or I don't know. We we do these fun artist challenges for 30 days and whatnot, but I like yours of just... Well, you had the wings around around the world, really. You've, You've painted them in so many locations. So that was, I think, a cool goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, I, and then I kind of stopped doing that for the past couple of years, but now we have another one set up for the Dominican Republic. We're having a mural meetup there in October. So that I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe we could revamp that one. Cause yeah, anytime I travel, I've kind of gotten off of it, especially not having a baby. I'm like, well, when am I going to have time to paint? But I mm-hmm. getting back on that would be fun. Okay. I'll just revamp a goal that I already had. <laughs> okay. But it would be fun for yeah. people listening to think of a goal kind of like this, even if it's something like, 10 nursery murals in the next 10 weeks. Like that's really good for marketing. Yeah. And people love to follow along with your journey and something like that. Yes. 
Definitely. I did it for many reasons. Like the 100 Mural Project, I decided to, I got inspired by another book. So I read like three books when I started being a muralist because there weren't many informations out there. So I read your book. But before that one, I read Maria Brophy's book called Art Money money success so Mm -hmm. good and she's spoken about an artist painting like a million buddhas like something like that in it and that got me the idea like the next morning I woke up and I told my husband I think I'm gonna commit publicly to painting a hundred murals while we travel and I think at the time I only painted like 12 or 15 so in my head, I was like, oh, I only need to do this a couple of more times, you know, like, I think I got this, like, I think it's not crazy. But in the scheme of things, I've been only a muralist for a year when I made this decision. So it was terrifying. I was like, I'm going to be judged. People in the industry are going to think I'm crazy and presumptuous. And, you know, I thought I'm going to get judged a lot. But the reason I decided to do it is because I knew it's going to get attention. And I decided to do this after I pretty much donated a mural to a hospital on my journey. I got contacted by this nurse when I was in Darwin and she had a a very small budget of like $200 that she raised by selling like handmade jewelry. And she had this little section of this wall in a garden that she wanted me to paint. And that garden was outside the windows of the mental ward department. And that's where all the family could come and see the patients and the love that the nurses have put in that garden after hours, you could see it everywhere. There was just so much love and care through it. And I got inspired and I felt really touched by it. And I told her, look, I'll use that $200 to buy some extra paint. And I paint the entire wall, not just the section that you wanted. And she was so happy and so grateful. And we painted that mural in a couple of days. And the nurses were coming out to give us like fruit and water. It was really hot and humid. And they were telling us stuff like, oh, the patients are waking up happy. To, they, they're keen to come and see your progress. Like I've never seen them that excited about anything. They usually don't talk with each other, but they talk about your mural. And I was like, wow, this is so special. Like I, this is what I want my murals to do, like have some sort of impact. Up until that time, I only painted like, private commissions so you know they're still very good but that was probably like the mural that the most people saw and reacted to at the same time and I thought well if I commit to something crazy like 100 murals maybe I'll get chance to do more non-for-profits or every now and then sneak in a project like this because I'm going to be very busy with the paid projects and I've been I've been trying to donate one mural for at least a non-for-profit or a hospital in each state I've worked in. So that's been working really good. And that's how I started getting sponsors as well. So yeah, it was a good idea. But the other thing I wanted to prove with the 100 Mural Project is that there is so much work out there. Like if I can get 100 murals in 100 weeks, anybody can, because I didn't start from an amazing portfolio. And also I secretly hope that after painting 100 murals, I will figure out what I love painting and what I don't like painting and hopefully start developing a bit of a style because I, right now I try to say yes to anything challenging. So I hope that at the end, I'm going to make a book 
with all the photos and the stories behind every mural I said yes to. So I have full transparency about the jobs I need to say yes to, to keep us on the road, but also full transparency in when I take on a project and actually hope that I can pull it off (laughs) because that happens a lot being a muralist. You just say yes. And then you're like, I don't know, I never painted this, but I'm going to try. So, yes, it is a lot behind the hundred, like the specific reason I chose to paint a hundred. I love that you have a goal at the end. That that would be such a fun thing to flip through with a book just to get the more the more insights and especially even somebody for artists just to hear Mm. how the real behind the scenes of everything. But so how do you price? You've started, so you you went from $200 for a mural to now. How did you get that $60,000 job? So I started, yeah, I didn't know what, how to price it when I first started. And there weren't many informations out there, especially in Australia. So I just kind of went with a, this is how much I used to earn per day in my high corporate job. If I get that per day by painting, I'll be happy. And then I remember I got a nasty comment on one of my advertising, like on one of my posts on Facebook, someone, some guy, his profile was, I wouldn't say fake, but wasn't really full of information. He was like, oh, you're undercharging, you're killing the industry, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't have a portfolio. Oh, he had it at me because I was already an artist to him. So he was like, you can't charge below industry standards and I'm like what are those standards and actually in Australia if you google pricing for murals there there is some sort of breakdown so I, I pretty much doubled my prices up until I was charging almost like everyone else which means anywhere between 100 to 200 dollars per square meter is quite acceptable here in Australia I'm now a bit above that because I had a lot of demand so I think the more jobs you get it's kind of like what you do, what you say often that you do. You like you put up a price and you're like, I won't do it, but if you pay me that much, I will. So you, <laughs> you get into that comfort zone. That's what I do a lot. And I kind of kept track of the pricing through all my murals. I take notes and I sat down one day and I calculated that I've been charging between $180 to $280 per square meter. And that usually averages now to like $1,000 a day. So my price, like if I have to give a quick quote, I would look at a wall, have an idea of the design. And I'm like, okay, that's going to take me five days. It's going to be $5,000. But then it always ends up right. So I think I got very good now at like measuring in my head. So I don't do the breakdown anymore. But when I started, I definitely had like a little table made where I'm like, this is what the materials are going to cost. This is the travel. So I was like charging a dollar per any kilometer that I had to like reach out to the venue. And I had the per square meter and I tried to be very fair about like the density of design. So if it was like a super dense area, I would charge just for that area, like $200 per square meter. And it was like a plain area. It would be just $180 or something. So I went through stages and then I realized it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't really matter to break it down because I don't explain that to the client. But the value now is very fair for everyone because I realized my designs are 
similar in intricacy levels. So yeah, these days is a bit simpler. But the $65,000 deal, it's actually a returning customer. So with the 100 mural project, I was on the news a couple of times and in a few newspapers. And the very first time I was on the news, it was on the seven regional news in West, here in Western Australia. And I got yeah, I thought that once I'm going to be on the news, I'm going to get a couple of followers at least, and I'm going to get so many inquiries. It didn't happen. It definitely didn't happen. But I got one phone call, and that's all that matter. This lady called me, and she's like, oh, I'm in a remote town, but I saw that you're a traveling artist, so you probably would want to come here. And I'm like, I'll, I'll come anywhere there is work. And she's like, well, I have not one, but three walls for you, she said, and I'll give you accommodation and I'll pay your travel. And I'm like, sounds great. This town was nine hours inland, like in the middle of Australia. It's a town of 64 people. <laughs> like the, It really is. But hey, they had budget for these three walls that they built the year before and they I don't really know what happened I think someone was traveling through town that builds walls and they kind of decided to take on his services and build three walls just for murals but then she she struggled finding an artist so she told me that she reached out to the nearest city and contacted a few and nobody got back to her or she's still waiting for them I was there within two weeks, which I couldn't come sooner because my husband was teaching at schools and she knew that. But I responded to her straight away. I got the deposit. I did the designs. And then I went there over the Christmas break and I painted the three little walls. So two of them were like entry to town signs that said welcome with um, local flora and fauna in it. And one of the walls was in the middle of town and she wanted a memorial mural for the fallen so it was a very cool job and the town has its own charm and there are the most stunning sunsets out there because it's like a very well maintained little city in the middle of the desert and lots of travelers go there for fossicking and finding gold so you meet a lot of interesting people and while I was there she told me that they got this new water tanks and she wanted a quote for them that it's likely not to happen but while I was there she would like a quote and she made me understand that the budget is not really a problem so I was like sure well since I quoted her $250 per square meter for those walls I just calculated the area of the tanks, which is the first time I had to use algebra since I left like high school. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, how do I do that? It was, it was a bit scary. I had to do like three times to make sure I'm getting the numbers right. And then I just multiplied that for $250 per square meter. And the result was like $63,000, $62,000. I rounded it down for her. <laughs> And I left her with that number and I didn't think too much of it. And then after I finished the job about a month later, she called me and she's like, I think we can go ahead with the tanks. And I was like, wait, what? No. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, no, the budget is fine. Everything is fine. We just need to get permits from the owner of the assets. So the water tanks belong to Water Corporation, like the people that make them and run them. And it's obviously um, an expensive asset. So you have to like go through a lot of paperwork and a lot of office phone calls. And 
get to do like online inductions for safety requirements and like they have their own inductions for workers to operate safely around the things and you have to prove that you're qualified and all of that. So I had to do all of that for my team. So my team would be my husband and a girl that I met in that town and she ended up helping me on the little murals that I painted. So now she's like, I trained her. So now she's going to work on the water tanks with me. So I'm going to have a good assistant. She's very skilled. And she happens to be the town's firefighter and first aid. So she's also very qualified to be on the job. So yeah, so that's how I landed that job. And then I was hoping they're going to do the priming for me, but I didn't want the town to have to go through the inductions because they're very strenuous. So we decided to do a separate quiet for the priming and that's how the total project amounted to $65,000. But they're going to provide me accommodation and also the height access machine. So that's not coming out of my budget, which is really cool. Nice. Because because it costs like twenty thousand dollars to get a machine that the machine that I need out there because it's in the middle of nowhere for a month. Wow, that's awesome! And it's just so cool how the big jobs come from the small jobs a lot of the time. I and that's I have a little bit of hesitation when people reach out to me nowadays because I don't take the small jobs as much anymore. But in the back of my head, I'm like, uh, I know I'm just shooting myself uh. in the foot because I like I know that the big ones would come from that. And even, I've like. I've recommended some Artist Academy students for some some small stuff. And they're like, hey, thanks so much. That client now wants a big wall. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I sometimes miss painting little walls. Like I thought at some point, a couple of months ago, I decided to cap, like to don't say yes to jobs below $3,000 anymore. I think big jobs are more stressful. Like sometimes I crave just a little simple job where I just rock up, I have like my hour, like planning it out and then I smash it in a day or two. And I think on the road is also the experience you get with the client, like the big jobs are very serious and detached. Like you meet Mm -hmm. a lot of people, but you have to be like super professional and very good at time management and all of that. Whereas the little job, you end up having like dinner, like for me on the road, I ended up bonding with all of my clients. Like we become part of their family. We end up going on hikes together. It's just a different experience. So I reopened, like I take all sorts of jobs now. Like I decided for the 100 mural project, I in my head, it had to be a progressive project, you know, like this should have been like a progression, but it doesn't work like that. <laughs> and it's not worth being strict about it because I would miss out on so many wonderful stories and yeah, just experiences in general. Yeah, I love that. Oh, that's so fun. What, a, what an adventure you're on. <laughs> so that's about it. That's all I have today. But do you have any other advice from artists who want to do what you're doing? If not the travel thing, but just they want to get started in their hometown or this next town over, or they want to get a travel job. What's your best advice for them? I think learning outreach is the most important thing because you can really learn how to secure yourself jobs before you travel. And that's the safest way to travel for anyone. And you can do that. Like I teach my students to do that, like even internationally. So they would like find jobs like in a country they they want to travel to before they even buy a ticket. And once they have secured, you know, enough thousands, (laughs) then they actually book the ticket and go there. So you can apply this strategy to anything, but you need to 
you need to play the part of someone that deserves that trust as well. So look after your portfolio, you know, look after your online presence and learn outreach. And this is really the coolest job. I meet travelers all the time and there are some young people traveling as well. A lot of gray nomads. Everyone tells us how they wish they travel when they were younger. But when I meet the young guys, it's a bit heartbreaking because we become buddies and then we have to leave them behind because I can stop and make a couple of thousand dollars in a couple of days, whereas they have to stop and work in a town for a month to make the same type of money. So I think if you love traveling, there is literally no better job. This is where it is at. So yeah, I just hope people get inspired because it, it really is this simple like to a certain extent like if you have the skill and the passion obviously and if you like to travel because there is a lot of kilometers to cover as well and you have to adapt even more when you're on the road than when you are a muralist in the city and we know how that can be and sometimes I'm in the middle of somewhere and I can't buy a spray paint a spray can or I can't buy a certain type of paint so I have to like ask people if they have any leftover paint in the garage or travel, you know, five hours to the near shop that sells supplies that I need or stuff like that. So you have to be extra adaptable. Yeah. Extra adaptable, extra figuring things out on the go. Yeah. I imagine that's a lot of headaches, but you're so, after this whole experience, you're going to be so well-trained that wherever you settle down and start to do jobs there, you'd be like, this is a breeze. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Awesome. Well, thank you, Patricia. Thank you for having me. It was super fun. Yeah, thank you for coming on and chatting. It's so inspiring to hear you talk about the, about what's possible. And so I, I know that you've inspired somebody listening and they're going to go off and do, maybe not exactly what you're doing, but they're going to go and post in a Facebook group and a place that they're traveling to. That's what I'm going to do actually. Cause so you typically, nice. whenever my husband and I travel, we'll go, we'll wait till we're there and we'll just go around and I'll let him be Mr. Salesman and be like, Hey, do you want a mural? You have an empty wall. You want a mural? Like, and we usually do it for just, you know, usually just a fun project for a school or whatnot, but I'm going to do some outreach. We're getting ready to go to Argentina and travel around there like Buenos Aires and Cordova and Uruguay. And so like, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to reach out to some places and see if I can find that way I can plan and then get the supplies at some point. But yeah, you've inspired me to do that. So hopefully we'll see another popping up. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll stay in touch. And I'm excited to follow along with your journey on Instagram. You are mural underscore nomad, right? On Instagram. Correct. Awesome. Go give her a follow. And yeah, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Academy podcast. I've been putting out at least one episode per week for more than four years on this podcast. And it's really cool to see those download numbers go up and up as time goes on. And that's because artists like you listen and share these episodes. So really, when I say thank you, I mean it. (laughs) It's really cool to see progress along the way. And anyway, if you like this type of art and business content, then I highly encourage you to get the audio version of my book, Mural Money, with over 15 hours of listening inspiration. I'm currently running a special of just $17 for the audio version. You can go to muralmoney.com to find it. And that comes with a bunch of extras like my art supply list, my pricing guide, recommended book and podcast list, 
and so much more. I filled that book with tips from my art journey of building a profitable mural career. Plus, I've included the best of the best advice from guests I've interviewed on this podcast. It's the most affordable all-in-one book of advice on art and business that I have. And if you enjoy listening to me here, then I know you'll like the book too because I read it myself all 15 hours of it. <laughs> the book is available on Amazon and Audible normally for $25, but if you go to muralmoney.com, that is where you can grab the special $17 deal while it lasts. If you haven't listened to my book yet, this is your sign to do it. Again, normally $25, running a special for $17, but you have to go to muralmoney.com. That's where you can grab the audio version of it. And that's all I have for you today. So I will see you next week for another episode of the Artist Academy podcast.